Welcome to the Not All of the Night podcast. My name is Romy. And I'm Ashley. And we are so excited to have Maya Rodriguez here with us today. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm so excited. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So, Maya, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Who are you? I have no idea who you are. You have no idea? (laughs) I love it, guys. Uh, Well, Maya Rodriguez, right? Uh, well, first and foremost, me, right? And then a mom and a wife and a grandma, Jesus. Um, but a lot from my past, right? A war survivor, went through a lot, moved a lot in my, my days and probably went through a lot of training in the world and life to what I believe has led me to what I do now, which is to love on people, heal them, give them love, give them hope make them see that they're not alone and no matter what they have in their heads and whatever patterns they they experience throughout their life is just a movie that can be deleted and, and, and put it into a new level and you can always create your your life and however you want it to be. So I say I'm Maya, I'm a healer. I I wanna hug everybody, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna obsessively hug and love on everybody. Because it, it's been hard. I haven't been always loved and I haven't been always appreciated. And it's been a tough thing for my life. So I wanted to change that. And I have this massive vision of doing that. Just making sure everybody's loved and everybody's wanted and heard and accepted. And doesn't matter what you're going through. You, you can, you know, create, you know, kind of carve your own pathway. I feel like anybody that has met you or knows you agrees that you do all that. Yeah. Thank Definitely. you. And going back to the hugging part, hugging. <laughs> when I first met Maya, so she hired me as her personal trainer. Uh-huh. I wasn't a hugger. like, oh. And you know how much Maya loves to hug. I'm like, we don't have to hug after every session. Like, this is not what we're doing. This is so weird. Like cringy all the time. But I know what she was doing. She was breaking she was Me softening down. you up. Yeah. Now I hug a lot. I hug Before people. and after? Before and after, maybe during. I don't know. It's awesome. So thanks love for making me a hugger. I love it. You're the best hugs. <laughs> I think they're important. I think they're physically important and mentally, all kinds of things. No, they're very healing. You they're made very... me want to hug too because I was the same way before. It was like, uh, kind of weird, awkward. Um, and then the more you hug me, I'm like, oh, we need Maya's We need more. <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. I love it. I wish. And that's another thing. Like, I don't, I didn't have enough of that. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I'm I didn't either. It. And I think that's why I felt that way. Like, it was uncomfortable. Same. Like, why are you touching me? Like, mm-hmm. this is not okay. <laughs> right, right. It was an armor, like yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. You did break it down for I us. Break it down. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to love. That's all, literally. <laughs> so, yeah, it was good. I love it. I think it's great. And I think, and I love seeing people kind of break out of it and, mm-hmm. and, and wanting more because they see that there's such a beautiful change for them. Why not, right? Everyone needs Maya's hugs. I, mm-hmm. Hugging is, I, on all of my workshops, I'm like, who didn't get a hug? Come over here right now. And everybody's like, really? You just met me. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> So um, going back to like the war story, I know that a lot of the listeners that know me know you because right. we work so, so well closely. together so and we have programs together and do mm-hmm. retreats together. But a lot of people may not really know like your war story, like right. where the war was, where it came from. And, and you're so 
interesting in the fact that you speak so many languages. <laughs> Thanks. So, because of all the traveling that you've yeah. done, escaping the war. Right. So mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about that because I feel like that's a really important part of you that I feel people should know. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I love talking about that. And I probably should do more of that. I've kind of, um, I've kind of not that I've forgotten, but I've been focusing so much on everything that's happening in my life and growing the business. I kind of forgot about my book. But yeah, the book is available. Grenades, lullabies, Amazon.com, Bars and Nobles everywhere. Um, yeah, I would love to talk about that. It's, I think, what started shaping who I was and understanding. So from a very young age, so the war started in 92, uh, April of 92. And um, it was really a, um, you know, you went from like... What uh, war was this? Where it was, was it? It was, so, it was Bosnia. It was, mm-hmm. you know, ex-Yugoslavia, which is um, geographically, if you kind of imagine the map, uh, we have the, the Italy, the boot, right? The boot and then the little, not little, but Adriatic Sea. It's the sea. And then right above that is my country. Also, people know it a lot as Croatia, uh, Montenegro or Serbia, right? So there were all six states of Yugoslavia, which the war separated. And it was such a, um, it's a volatile, you know, area geographically because there's so much history in that. A lot of history as far as, you know, rich empires have overtaken it over the years. So a lot of mixed blood in there, if you will, mixed cultures. So it was inevitable with such a, you know, very um, mixed place. So with the politics grabbing it and, um, you know, sparking it, it just it became a territory, a religious war. It became all kinds of just separation, right? A lot of what I uh, has happened over the years, which I've been preaching, how the, you know, the governments just do that. They, they separate. They want you to be identified as such and such so the division can happen so they can infiltrate and, and then they can separate and war make money, wars mm-hmm. make money. And, and the more people are separated, the more they can be controlled and the ideologies can be progressed, right? So it taught me a lot on that because the war started and it was like, you know, a regular kid having a normal upbringing, parents, they were pretty well off for, you know, the state that we're in. It was, it's, it was a socialistic, communistic um, way of living. Um, I, I, I had a wonderful life from what I remember. I mean, my parents were well off, we traveled, um, you know, went to school, everything normal. How old were you? I was, I was, well, when I, when I started, I was 11. Okay. Um, and, um, and it was like, literally, like, it was like, imagine you sitting here right now, we're having a podcast and, and all of a sudden on the news, it's like, okay, everything is shut down and there's barricades on fire and there's, you know, tanks outside and there's it's terrifying and you're like look I just got goosebumps thinking about it all of a sudden like you're like you know you're here with your family or whatever or your family's at work or at home you know at school and all of a sudden it's like chaos and you have nothing and nobody to look to like Mm -hmm. for safety for it's absolute chaos like you know even like you people you know start thinking like okay if something's happening here at least you have a police and you have your army you can help but it was the police and the army that was mm-hmm. infiltrating terror mm-hmm. because of what because who they were being run with right all of these terroristic if you will politicians that were trying to take over the territory mm-hmm. so imagine you're like who can i trust where can i go like mm-hmm. chaos absolute chaos and there's 
guns out there and there's, you know, things on fire. Uh, it was from one day to the next, you know, something like that. It was, it was building in different parts of the state, like Slovenia, all the six states, but eventually it was coming into Bosnia. Bosnia is in the middle of, in the heart of, you know, Yugoslavia. So it was kind of infiltrating from outside through within. And, you know, and all it takes is, you know, there's so many religions there were, you know, we lived so many times that there's Muslims, there's um, Christians, there's Jews, um, there were, um, you know, Christians and Orthodox as well. So there's so many religions that live together. So all it took was a little bit of propaganda, a little bit of this for people to start hating each other too. Mm -hmm. So let's say if somebody, um, you know, hurt your, you know, family member or they didn't let him come into their home and they were identified as Serbians, of course you're gonna start hating Serbians because they're the ones they're infiltrating. Your manipulation home. at its best. Correct. It was such a you know, psychoanalytical war, right? And used with the sparks of so much, you know, uh, history behind. So it was literally like chaos all of How a sudden. How long did it take for, for it to infiltrate into Bosnia? Was it like weeks or months? So it was a couple of months from up there, from the different uh, states, and it took a couple of months, and then all of a sudden, overnight. Um, and then it, it infiltrated different areas of the city differently. Um, we, where I lived, I was very close to the airport. Um, so we were infiltrated first because the first thing that wants to be occupied are Take over transportation, the airport. mm -hmm. airports, and things like that. It's just, it was you know strategic in the wars. So we were really shut down while some of my family members that lived, you know, 20 miles away were still actually okay. They knew something was happening, but they weren't literally shut down in their home. They couldn't get out. Like, we couldn't get out. And we were like, okay, what, what do we do for food? Like, what do we do for water? Like, and then all of a sudden, all the other things started happening. Like, no electricity, no, like, it was just shutting down. Like, switches going off. Wow. Terrifying, terrifying. And it's just, at that moment, not understanding really what's happening, but I'm watching my parents, like... Like, can you imagine you, you both are, you know, you I'm a parent now. I just got, like, can you imagine you looking at those beautiful, innocent eyes and, and, and you don't know if you're going to be able to help them. Yeah. Like, and, and you were our kids age because our kids are around correct, the same age. Same age. So that's very scary. It's very scary. Mm -hmm. Imagine, you know, looking at my, my daughter, Layla, you know, Eli's a little, but still right. And Jack, they kind of know and they're scared and they can see it in your face. Um, so watching my parents just so terrified and again, nobody to turn to like it's like you're on your own mm -hmm. and you better survive because it's not and it's just from there it just ended up being just a just a massive mess even more and hatred and killings and you know we we were you know we spent our days in the basement which it wasn't even a basement it was like kind of like halfways in between like a hobby storage room type of a deal and it was just, you know, bullets and grenades and just, you know, continuous fire and, you know, tanks. And one of the nights, and which I mentioned in my book, is, you know, when the explosion happened in one of the uh, hangars that was hosting, you know, the, the, the airplane, the explosion and the grenades that, like, kind of detonated us back from the window when we were trying to watch what was happening. And from then on, it was just basement and rationing things and, you know, my dad trying to figure out how to defend us where to get, you know, the guns, because it wasn't, we didn't really need it. Like, what can we, you know, it was, how do we do any of this? Like, mm -hmm. it was just, it was the most lost, like, use every resource you can have and just terrifying stuff. So, and um, 
And that's and that's when the real terror started happening. They started to use uh, what's it called a, a guerrilla tactic, right? Which is they kind of just come in, burn stuff down, shoot stuff, and kind of that's how they conquer. So there's nobody that's living in there. They're just conquering territory. So mm-hmm. they didn't care how how who they killed in the process or what they just wanted to conquer. You know, move from this line to next line in the geography area of that stuff. So. We were sitting there pretty much waiting, not if we were going to die. It's, it was when, you know, and it's just going through that terror of, um, you know, me as a kid, I can t- give you a perspective. And that's kind of how I wrote the book from. It's like, it was weird. It was, it was kind of exciting, but because we didn't really, I didn't really maybe 100% grasp the, the terror of it, but my parents would remind me of it. And then knowing, like, how are you going to just watch all your family die you know and there was and there's really no logical way of escaping it because coming out you're in a huge grave danger of being shot or not or just being captured and then tortured taken to a camp right because the whole point is that there was different territories that everybody started separating and there was a muslim area there was a serbian area there was a christian segregation exactly segregation so you know and the worst part about bosnia which is the most interesting part is that bosnia was 99 percent mixed mixed marriages religiously so my dad was a christian which or baptized in an orthodox church so he was like christian christian but really orthodox my mom was muslim um so where would I go? <laughs> like, and then what do we do? We you know kill off my mom and kill off my dad to so go one side to another. Mm-hmm. So this is why this war like was just an epic genocide. It was it was no there's no way to agree to anything because where would children children like me go right? And where would I go to my mom and dad because nobody will accept us in one or the other area. I mean, everything from. Loss, insecurity, abandonment, not acknowledgement, like you name it, all these pillars I talk about, they were they started to be harvested and, and implemented or, or disaligned then. And then the physical aspect of are we going to be able to survive from just generally like bullets and grenades? Are we going to be able to survive with food? There's no water, there's no electricity, there's no food. Like where are we going to get food? And it's not like... Somebody's gonna, you know, helicopter stuff in. Like it's chaos. It is war. It nobody's is, coming to save. Nobody's you. coming to save you. Like, and I know you mentioned in the book that there, like, your meals was like pretty much like flour and water. Yep. I mean, after all, you know, we we had what we had rationed in, you know, cans, and literally it will be like, okay, one green bean for you, one green bean, and was like, it just you and your parents? So at the beginning it was me and my parents, and then as some of the neighbors, their houses started getting destroyed and. You know, and they were more scared. We kind of gather into a more group into the um, into the basement, and kind of just creating a little community. And I feel that's why it's so important to me to create a community. I think things that get so much better, easier when you just love on each other and you have a community. Um, hence, why I'm so gun ho in creating Maya's Club and all these communities, because I feel you are able to go through things a lot easier with the energy of everybody. So. We gathered together and then it was better because people, you know, brought their little can and their stuff. And then we were able to kind of ration it and um, help each other survive. I mean, it was just brutal between the terror, between psychologically staying sane, between just physical and immediate danger. Um, and then just that that day came, you know, our house got hit. Um, there's so much more in between, right? There's details in the book. 
people dying left and right. Some of our neighbors, some of our kids are 18-year-old kids, um, you know, children of our neighbors, um, point blank shot right in their head. Um, and watching all this and being part of that is just very scarring. And then, and then the day came where um, we got hit by a inflammable bullet and the house caught on fire while we were in the basement. And that was another very, um, like very traumatic experience because you're, you're choking to death from the smoke. But yet you know that if you stay here, you're going to die. But if you go out there, the chances are you're going to die. So it's like die and die. But there was 1% chance that if we run out to the next house, then maybe we won't get hit or captured. Or So it's like talk about like adrenaline in your nervous system on the high alert all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, so I really tell people, I, I hear you. I understand what it is to be on survival mode. Whatever you're doing it every day of your mm -hmm. life, like your nervous system just gets used to that. Right. Um, we were able to escape. And that's when I, this is one of my first, I would say, encounters when I felt like some other divine something helped me cross that because there were so many bullets, there's so many firearms out there, there's so many soldiers, and we were able to cross over to get ourselves saved into the next house. And then, of course, it continued. So at some point, we had to take the chance and, like, escape while my dad was trying to figure things out. Meanwhile, we're losing people like flies. Like, they're just, you know, one person after another is happening. We're getting news from people that they're being, you know, either killed or captured. And... um and then we um, we heard from the news from the soldiers across. And they were like, "No, this is going to be level zero. Like, like, good luck. Like, we're, we're going to level this where you at." So, and it was just it's it's just continuous. Ah, like, can't even explain it. Terror that that, that became like a norm, which is the, the sad part. It just became a norm. Like, yeah, you learn to live with it. It's just any trauma. Like, if something just happens, you think this is your life. Like. Me and mm -hmm. when I lived in Washington Heights, I would go to sleep and hear gunshots. And I thought that was normal. That were normal. I'm like, can they just be quiet? I'm trying to sleep. That's not normal. That's normal. Exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly like, what Not I until I moved down here. I'm like, wait, this is, why is it so quiet? I'm so, you know what? I'm so glad you've mentioned that because one of my, the, 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 the actual title of the book is Grenades as Lullabies. And exactly what you said. And I totally, you know, um, you know, agree with you because. Once I got out into where there was a peaceful, but it was still in Serbia as we were getting out, I, I couldn't sleep because I was used to grenades and shot, shotguns and, and bullets flying through and that noise, they became my lullaby. They became what I, you know, came used to, like you, like, this just became the norm. Like, I'm going, I need to survive, you know? Hmm. So, I mean, the war, and, and then it didn't, help that the word was forever i think it lasted like four or five years <laughs> we were able to escape a year and a half to two into it um and again i feel like it's pure luck uh, opportunities created like I, I remember my dad telling me like you're you're meant to survive this <sighs> i still get terrified about it my dad would like you're meant to survive this. You're going to go through this. You're going to, you're meant to survive. You're meant to do big things. And that was one of the tiny little things you hold on to. Like you hold on to your teddy bear. Like you can hold on to something that anything you can hold on to. And then um, we had to leave my dad behind, which was the hardest thing for me. 
again, abandonment, you name it, you know, just, and then you wonder, like, hey, are you ever going to see your dad? Like, that rock, that person that's, was there for you, the one that literally is trying to make you survive, right, as, as we speak. And um, because men were not allowed, and we, again, we were lucky with the connections that my parents had, my mom had, um, to be able to get out in the, um, to another part of the town so we can actually try to get out of the whole state and, of course, the whole country. Um, but meanwhile, I mean, it's just story after story. I mean, if you read my book, you're li- people tell me literally I'm, I'm like reading the story. I know you're alive, but I needed to read the next page to make sure you survived because I don't know how it happened. So between transportation, between going into different levels, between just being handled by soldiers, between camps that we went through, um, escaping escaping that and, and being in that environment and being a- around power-hungry soldiers and people that viewed, you know, us as cockroaches, as, you know, just property, just... Nothing. Nothing. as nothing. And the, the power that exerted over them. And you see how people, like, the worst of the humanity, honestly. Like, the worst of the humanity. How they can rape and how they can just kill and how they can just torture without a second thought. Mm-hmm. Like, just... Like evil. It's normal. Pure it's pure... Evil. Like, pure, pure evil. And for kids and women and pregnant women like you know like the the base of humanity and like and you're watching this as a kid and you're like what in the world is happening like how can how can people do this so you start gathering this concept of how messed up the world is you know um and we went through a lot of trials i mean you name the same thing with you know food and and bullets and transportation and then we left my dad behind and I still remember that um, as we went along and there was a long time there where we couldn't really communicate with him and we didn't know what he went through and then and this is why I always preach to people one of the sometimes some of the worst things that can happen to you can also be are not all can are a lot of times blessings as well because it makes you shift things and one of the biggest examples of that is that my dad actually got shot by a grenade and um, and grenade just you know shrapnel running through his leg and a bunch of places, but he missed a bunch of you know critical arteries and areas and organs, but it injured him enough for um, for him to get caught. Well, he was already caught by the Serbian army because he was Serbian, right? His last name, which whatever the ridiculous ridiculous way of measuring, if you're a Muslim, if you're Serbian, has to do with some historical way of reading last names it's ridiculous um and um he got caught into the army and he was forced to fight and of course this is his life right he didn't want to but he had to survive um and then by being uh injured with a shrapnel uh it gave him an opportunity to be taken into the hospital in a different area of the town and um and again with him knowing people again just luck right opportunities he was able to ask for some time off to quote unquote see his family and he will come back to fight uh, because he was injured because he couldn't really go be in a battle or whatever meanwhile mind you he always omitted being in a battle he always like kind of hid and didn't do anything because he he just needed to pretend that he was out there mind you if somebody came you know he he always kind of left that part open he's like 
if it was me or them, yeah, it's going to be them. <laughs> he's surviving. So he's surviving, mm -hmm. right? So he, he, um, it's a hard time, I'm sure, for him to do this, but he had to survive. And then, so that took the case when he was transferred to uh, Serbia to be treated, and that's where we were. Um, and then he became a deserter, <laughs> which was, you know, well, that's what we needed to do. We needed to escape because he wasn't going to go be there. So by being shot, unfortunately, he still has the shrapnel in his leg. Um, we never <laughs> took it out and it's there as a memory. And um, it was close to a thing, but they didn't want to operate on it because it was too close to, you know, you know, hitting the artery, hitting the nerves and whatever that needed to be. So they said it will grow in there and it will be okay. And um, And that's how... That's how we escaped. That's how we went in there. And then going into the refugee life in different countries and cities and continents, that's a whole new <laughs> set of traumatic experiences of, you know, you hear of maybe your parents or people, you know, people that have deserted from their countries. And again, me as a child trying to fit in, um, which also delayed me from, you know, understanding who I was. Because again, you're surviving in a different manner. And then watching your parents as well, trying to figure it out in a place where you, they didn't know anything. So, of course, with, with a brighter and more elastic mind, you know, I was the one who was able to learn the languages the quickest and, you know, make friends. And then because of me, you know, we were able to find jobs from my parents. And so I kind of took a role of, again, being that survivor, you know, for my parents, be that person. And it was a lot for a 12, 13, 14-year-old, you know, to to do all this. But we were surviving. And then try to go into the real world with so much trauma of surviving, you know. <laughs> and um, and then, of course, from then on, I my parents, especially my mom, started really experiencing a lot of PTSD and a lot of which she kind of took out on me, which was very difficult because you're like, you know, Wow, you know, and, and of course, of course, nobody means to do it, um, but it was a lot because, you know, it was just the three of us against the world or, you know, trying to survive in the world of different languages, different cultures, different people, different everything. And, and it was tough, but we didn't have anybody to talk to really understand it, you know, and um, so that's a whole slew of different things that came along as being a refugee and trying to fit in and feeling the loss and feeling the abandonment and feeling everything and you're trying to survive with all of that stuff so so one thing is the war which was traumatic but then kind of living through the refugee until we kind of settled and then finally came to united states by again generous you know church world service and all of these beautiful humanitarian aspects that gave me that little spark of like you are wanted like you we do care you know so giving me that the chance to do this and that's kind of how did the rest of the you know things <laughs> unraveled but the, the war was very very um I, I think it was it was harsh enough to really shape all of these things for me again could have been harsher yes I but I feel like I've been divinely guided to just learned the harshness, but not to be so affected. Like I did, I wasn't, I didn't go into a concentration camp. I, I was fondled, but I wasn't fully raped, you know, things like this, like, you know, traumatically, like it was, it was still invasion of stuff. Um, I starved, but I didn't die of starving. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, 
it was I was guided enough, but it was just just enough to make me grow, to make me realize, to make me understand a lot of things. And and I know a lot of people that, that couldn't survive this, a lot of people that took their own lives from this, um, and a lot of people that went the wrong route right. from this, you know. Which usually happens with trauma. Like yeah. you could have two people in the same household going through the same thing. And then they end up having completely different lives based on, you know, the work that they decide to do and how they yes. decide to handle the trauma that you either become like a victim to it. And mm-hmm. that becomes like your whole identity Correct. that you don't want to let it go because who would you be without this identity? Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Or you overcome it and you use it, you know, as something that maybe you could help other people overcome their stuff, which is kind of like what we do. Exactly. hundred percent. So I know that during this time was when you kind of had like that first glimpse of there's something higher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's helping me. I remember you were running across the street with a toddler. Yes. Right. Yes. And you felt like you were lifted. A hundred percent. I will still to this day, I will claim it, put me on a polygraph. I will tell you it's a hundred percent what happened. And it was, it was surreal. It defied physics. It, um, you know, it's 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 an observation that I have trying to figure out for many years, with you know, being educated, you know, at highest university, graduate UVA. Like I spoke to many physicists and psychologists, and be like, what is this? Like trying to really figure out, and there was no answer. There is just a divine power out there that's guiding, that's loving, and I literally felt like I can't even explain it. Like I was lifted, and I was able to grab this kid who was, you know, a toddler and the strength and, and the, the, the mind and the adrenaline of my body. And I just f- like floated and I was protected and I felt like nothing was touching me as, by the way, the, 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 the toddler, uh, the reason I picked up the toddler is because his dad was carrying him and his dad got grazed by a bullet. So that could have been me, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's not like it didn't exist. It was right. Somebody in front of me. Something lifted me, guys. Was I mean, that the first time that you were like, like experienced like some supernatural or some gift um, that that there's something more? Was that the first time that you noticed it? Right. I think that's the first time that was really like in my face. I think before, as I was young, um, I would see things and I would see movements and there would be things there would be, you know, moving in my house or shadows or communications or you know like I would feel like somebody was talking or guiding or things like that but I I as a kid I don't think I ever like maybe understood it or maybe evaluated as such so I don't have the recollection of mm-hmm. 100% understanding it I think that's the day that I was like okay this is it and even at that moment I just felt like okay it was later as I was starting to do some of the work that I'm like no man, that was that was unexplainable. Hence, when I went to college and talked to everybody, they were like, I, "There's no explanation. Like it's just there's there's no way." Like, so after that, when was it that you f- felt like you were starting to tap into like your gifts? Because I know you see dead people all the time, <laughs> and I'm like, please don't tell me this. Like I don't need to know. Like right before I get to the like not the last retreat, the retreat. Oh, oh. <laughs> She comes, she's like, this place is so haunted. There's a guy here that looks like this. And, and I'm like, Maya, like, I'm your best friend. And you know that this is not okay. You don't need to be telling me this. And then she describes him. And then it just so happens that this house that we had rented used to be an old tobacco farm. And then they had pictures of, like, pretty much people that live there. And I go to the picture. I'm like, hmm, 
is this the guy? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, well, his name is Woodrow. She's like, yeah, Woodrow's in the living room. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. Like, why? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't fuck with But those. he bothered you, right? He was messing with you when you were sleeping? No. Well, this was the last retreat. So this was the last retreat. Yeah. Apparently we stay in really haunted houses, but no, in that house, it it's very sacred land. It like was. even mm-hmm. when we were doing like the ceremony, like there was a lot of you know, like Indians coming out and mm-hmm. I don't see because I close off to that. But Maya obviously sees we had other people that also Do see. You feel? I feel a hundred. I feel. And sometimes I'll get like thoughts and mm-hmm. I'll know, like, I always know like when my dad's around, Yeah, mm-hmm. like always, um, he, he likes to let me know he's around. Yeah. So like one instance I was in St. Augustine and I was just talking with someone and just talking about my dad, you know, whatever, whatever. And we were like at a bar, like pub type of place. And they were playing like rock music. And then all of a sudden they start playing like Frank Sinatra, The Way You Look Tonight, which is the song that I danced with him at my my wedding. And I'm like, is this really happening? Like they were not playing this music. And this person's like, that's beautiful. No, they're not. Wow. And then the next song that they played was like The Good Die Young. And then they went back and started playing regular rock music. Like and I'm like, this is him. But the most recent thing that my dad did, because sometimes like I'll be thinking about him and then Frank Sinatra will play. And that's like, you know, my thing with him. On Halloween, I went to Brickle with, with my other best mm-hmm. friend, Icy. And I don't know, out of nowhere, we love to, we love classical music. So we like to listen to classical music. There was this restaurant that they were playing classical music. I'm like, oh, let's just sit here for a little bit and just enjoy the music, whatever. All of a sudden, I get like the urge to tell her about this one time where um, I was in Harlem with my dad at a restaurant. And my dad was an alcoholic, so he had a drinking problem. And he started drinking, and he was just out of control. Like when he would drink, that Gemini would really come out and I could not handle it. Mm-hmm. And I literally, with my back to the to the door of the restaurant, I go, all I need now is for mariachis to walk in here and start playing and get him even more out of control because he loved mariachis. Mm-hmm. Tell me how mariachis came in through the door and go straight to him, surround him and start playing for him. And I'm like, this is really happening right now. This is so I'm telling Icy the story. The minute I finish the story, tell me how mariachis came out and started playing oh my God. in Brickle. And I'm looking at her and she's looking at me and we both just start crying. We oh. just, I'm like, That's they beautiful. were playing classical music. And it's not even mariachi music. We have a whole ass mariachi band out here <laughs> with fucking instruments. And I'm just like, I can't with you. He's That's really powerful. Yeah, like, right? A whole, to be able to do a whole ass band. And I go. Who would believe this? If 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 you weren't here, Icy, and we both did not experience this right now, who the f- I, I wouldn't believe it. Of course, this is too much. Mariachis, I don't know where. That's insane. So yeah. like that's like the type of stuff that happens to me with my dad. But like I don't see spirits. I like I feel them sometimes, and I'm just like I'm just gonna pretend I'm sleeping <laughs> so you could go away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I don't see. I don't know if I can handle that. I have a question. Yeah. Are we all able to see, or is it is it something that we block, or are certain there's certain gifts that people have? So I believe all of us are. We just need to. Some of us are born with that antenna a little bit more. Uh, I would say open or directed in in a, so you can multiverse it right, multi-dimensionally tap into it. We all have it. We all have the, 
way to connect. Um, and it's very similar to, it's very similar uh, wavelength as when you think of somebody and somebody calls you, right? Or when you, you know, things like that. It's, it's, it's in the same, I would say, group. Um, some of us just have more of that antenna wired for the purpose of what we needed to do. Um, but everybody's capable if you if you allow it mm -hmm. to listen, to do, and hence why mindfulness and meditation and yoga and mm -hmm. all of these facilitate that intention and that alignment in your antenna, if you will. So yeah, I think like my psychic abilities and my guns, like I always know where some shit's about to go down. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> I see you. Yes. But when it comes to like the spirit world, I don't know. I guess I think they respect the fact. I feel like if I allow them to, 100%, they'll start showing up. I agree. But I'm a chicken. I'm sorry. I know I'm like hard and you know stuff but now when it comes to dead yeah. people that's it's 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 a big thing and i'm glad you're saying this because um it, it's a big respect that we need to have and people that do like me that deal with this every day i have made sure that they are very uh, important parameters because you can you know kind of walk in between dimensions and and see this and and you can get lost a lot and i'm a firm believer that a lot of people that go into uh, psychosis or schizophrenia and mm -hmm. things like that is just because they're tapping into these different dimensions. I think the same thing too. Without boundaries. Without, yeah. So like one foot is here and one foot is there and they're just, their reality is. They um, don't understand what's they happening. They don't understand what's happening. And there's so much more to this world. It's, we have, um, you know, you could tap into different timelines, um, lives, and they're all existing within you at the same time. And, People sometimes unwillingly do it. That's why I'm saying everybody's capable. It's just you have to kind of always make sure you're respected, you ground yourself, and, and you op you're open to all kinds of things out there. So it's really important and sacred that you know that you're doing or you're guided by somebody that's it's a big done this. It's a big responsibility mm -hmm. because you can invite a lot of different aspects um, of dimensions, and there are dimensions that are existing. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the most... Um, pronounced and, 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 you know, famous legendary psychologists and psychiatrists and philosophers and doctors um, talk about this. Um, you know, Carl Jung is one of them. And he, he talks about this. And most people think, okay, scientifically, you know, brain and all that. He talks about tapping into different dimensions. He just calls it, uh, the actual term is uh, circumambulation. Um, you guys can look it up and see it. It's you are creating your life by tapping into different dimensions of what already exists out there within your life. It's just up to you which route do you want to tap into. The, the possibilities are out there endlessly. And it's your free will is what kind of work you do, how you align yourself from your past experiences in order to tap into those. So those those dimensional livings are out there. There's multiverse of, of different um, you know uh, versions of you out there. And, you know, he, he made huge papers, he wrote in theories about this. And it's true, and this is why, you know, we, when we preach to our clients, um, you create your life, it, it's the mm -hmm. truth. <laughs> it is it, it's a scientific frequency truth. There is a version out there that, that you can tap into of, of how you want it to be. You just have to make sure that you're not blocked by some of the patterns that we have learned to operate with. Like, I feel like manifestation, like when you do visualization, you're like already visualizing something that's happened, but in a different timeline. Correct. You just haven't 
built yourself up to energetically be at that same frequency of that timeline. Correct. Mm -hmm. So, because sometimes like I'll manifest something and it's exactly, exactly what I envisioned. You know, what I wrote down like three years ago, it's like my life now. 100%. And it's beautiful. And it's just like, it's so exciting because you can literally do anything you want. It and becomes I, like a game for it, me. It's a game, exactly, and that's what I tell people. Like this is this is why life is beautiful because you can do it, you can get it done. You just have to not be distracted by the other things, but use it as your lessons. And then, like you said, it's you know a lot of people manifest, but they don't really use the right tools and how to manifest. You need to envision it. You need to feel it. You need to be there. You have to have that all of that right and take action that's a huge action, one correct and then physiology and then naturally because you already have your vision and you feel passionate about it your body and your language and everything's going to support that um you know pathway for you to get this done and then the the issue is we get distracted a lot of times mm -hmm. and we have to stay on course and it's okay we're human but as long as you remember who you are and you always go back to basics of realizing wait a minute what what is genuinely for me what who am i what you know what is it that my vision is about me and what i need to go and where i need to go i feel like i had a very interesting experience with that um last year and ar around july we found out we had to move from our old home right. and we were fine we were cozy there we we're like we're good we don't have to move and then all of a sudden like we got a text from the owner that she had to move back in and at first we were excited, like, oh, we get to move. This is so cool. But then the fear started to kick in when we saw the market and how how much the prices of rent had gone up. And there was so much competition, people coming from out of state with these huge allowances from their corporations to get these places. Like, we felt like we were going against the grain. Yeah. And the fear kicked, kicked in, the anxiety. I ended up getting COVID really bad for 10 days. Um, just, like, it attacked my neurological system. It attacked mm -hmm. everything. And... It was after those 10 days that I went to train a friend and she said something to me and she's like, what, what helps you connect to your intuition? You're so intuitive. What mm -hmm. is it? I'm like, I have to go to nature. I ended up going to this park. I had a moment with a tree. I started crying. Like it was such a powerful revelation that I had. And, and in that moment, I learned I have to surrender to this. I have to stop fearing the unknown mm -hmm. and trust that things are going to happen for my highest good. That same feeling that I felt when we found out we, we were getting to move, like that feeling of like, yes, we get to move, something better is out there. I had to trust that feeling instead of falling back into that fear of like the programming that I've had previously. Um, and this house was that manifestation. It, mm -hmm. Two days later, the house just like fell into my lap and it happened so effortlessly. After you struggle to find after one, I that, remember that. After that <laughs> brutal too. struggle of going to houses, we even make, you know put in applications. We didn't get picked. It, it really felt like a serious competition that we were not winning. That's if we felt defeated, and um, and I kind of just that day at the park, I told myself, "That's it." I, sh I had a shift. I had an internal shift. I'm like. I'm going to trust that the perfect house is there. It's going to come at a perfect time. And I remember going home that day and even Eli's energy was different because I feel like he was just feeding off of me. Richie was feeding off my resistance. We were kind of just like in this in between of like uncertainty and fear. And that day I went home and everybody's energy had changed. Like we were all like, it's okay. It's fine. It's going to happen. Two days later, it happened. And within a week we saw the, we saw the property. And I mean, if you see it, it's exactly what, we wanted like we have nature surrounding us it's a beautiful home there's a lot of light and for the first month or so that we were living here me and Richie would just sit in the backyard and be like is this real like this it, it awesome. felt so surreal 
to actually be living our manifestation. But that was such a powerful lesson for me to see how I can choose at any moment to trust or I can fall back into that fear. And, and you can see how it's painful when you choose the fear and it's blissful when you choose to surrender and trust. So I, I, I love that. So beautiful. I know. That's awesome. It was rough, but it was, it was worth it. You know, well, now looking back, I'm like, anything oh, worth so it is going to be tough. Yeah. Right. But I had a friend tell me, and I really like this, is to ask for our lessons to be blissful and not painful. And I feel like that's very important because we always think that our lessons have to be so hard and we have to struggle through them. But I think if we have that shift and say, you know what, I'm ready for my lessons to be loving joyful lessons i think then then we'll attract more of those kind of lessons i'm glad you mentioned that because um what also helps with that is the lessons are meant to be um smoother than we than sometimes we experience them Mm -hmm. the problem is that we miss the 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 little tiny callings Mm. okay like we miss the tiny um i would say you know the signs little signs so what happens is that then it's like the universe gives you little little things continuously mm-hmm. to make them not as grand or as painful. Um, but unfortunately, it's we, we miss them. And so, so sometimes we have to, you know, That's why I said rush. manifestation without action is nothing. It's like Correct. I read something once that it says you, you keep asking for a cake. You keep asking for a cake and you want cake and you're trying to manifest cake. And then the universe gives you the flour, the sugar, the eggs. The, <laughs> and then you're just like, I just want cake. And they literally give you everything for you to make this make yourself. It. But you don't fucking do shit with it. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> I, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Hundred percent. Hundred freaking percent. That's very true. We overlook it. So we overlook it and then and then because we're wired the way we're wired in a human existence, um, we have kind of conditioned ourselves to react to when things are painful. But they really don't need to be. Like it really need to be. It's just we're all and, and the thing about it to understand is that we're we're being pushed into whatever arena is for us, whatever that path is for us. It's how much of detours and pain do we want to suffer through it. And the only way to do it is internally really, really working on it and being mindful and understanding and trusting the process because some of the things you will not understand until you go through some of the other layers of, of mm-hmm. your healing. And it will all be revealed. So and it's, it's, I do want to mention, it's hard to get to that place where you are so trusting <laughs> yes. because I could go through like the hardest thing ever, but I have faith and I really trust that everything that happens, it's only for me to be better off. Of course. And this is something that, you know, as Roger, he wasn't very into like the spiritual world or into belief or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if there was one thing that he learned with me that he trusted him, but he was like, he tells me to this day, he's like, whenever something's happening, he goes, you know that what's going to come out of this is going to be even better. 100%. Because he's seen it. He saw it. It's just a belief that I just, anything could happen and I'm good. Right. Anything. And if you think about it, if you ask your listeners right now, you know, what is one of the hardest things that has happened? You just mentioned yours, right, Ashley? It, something wonderful came out of it. Right. It is in those moments. So, like, if we see this as opportunities versus torture or mistakes, are, 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 then you're going to be able to kind of facilitate this surrendering even further. Yeah, more. I definitely feel like that was one of the easier lessons. And that yeah. was already, I mean, 
about almost a year that I had been working with you. Mm-hmm. I had gone to the retreat in mm-hmm. Mexico. Mm-hmm. I did a Kundalini ceremony, which also taught me to surrender. It had been almost a year of just surrender and trust. Surrender that was my trust. mantra, surrender and trust. And I feel like that was like the last hard lesson to get through my stubborn head <laughs> like <laughs> you need to stop you, you need to stubborn you need to <laughs> surrender and trust and i think that was the last lesson that actually really and let go of fear allowed me to integrate that and, and embody it fully and there's still times where i still feel that fear but i feel like it's it's the kill switch is faster now yeah. like you taught me you know and mm-hmm. i notice it i'm able to like stop it faster yeah. before it escalates into a full you observe it you're virus. like oh there it is yes. okay we're exactly. not doing this exactly yeah. exactly so it did take work to get to that Point. Of course. And it's not like it's going to stop. It's just how you, you know, level up to it. And then it's just going to be so less of that because now we're going to the next level elevations, right? Of things that are happening. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because there's like this very common theme of like, we're going to be healing our whole life. Mm-hmm. And lately that just doesn't sit right with me. Okay. I feel like we're going to get to a point where we've healed from the past. And so when things come up, because life will continue to happen, um, it won't be as as hard i would say Mm -hmm. i'm not sure do do you understand what i'm trying to ask i do i do um it's it's also another concept of linearities that were like are you kidding me that's all the life is just continuous work and healing so it's literally there's different dimensional levels of that it doesn't you don't associate with this as healing you're associated with like this is creating new life new life new elevation and what's out there seriously when you tap into some of these things is that you can you know, you can literally see and create some of these new levels of your of your world. So you're you are the next elevation is not necessarily healing and adjusting your patterns. Now you're literally tapping into what has been given to us to begin with. Through that training. Through that training, which is which is creation, elevation, complete um, DNA, um, you know, upgrading the way we communicate, the way we can. Um, the way we can telepathically communicate, the way we can um, heal our bodies, be of, service. Uh, be of service, how we can elevate nations and groups and how we can manipulate energy, how we can, but all of these trainings are needed in order for that to be used in a proper way. And, um, and we talk about this all the time because we talk about Eli, right, and our children. They were ready at that level and they came here to elevate the planet and us so it's not about healing anymore it's about new creation elevation of everything that you ever even couldn't even imagine exists out there is this the new earth it's the Mm -hmm. new earth literally Mm -hmm. you know some religions talk about it this way some you know everybody has their own explanation of it but it's just an intention way of living a a way of vibrating It, it is not even in a human parameter at all like you can't even measure it or you know, uh, see it or, or conceptualize words. it. <laughs> Use words and to There's no words. It. It's literally the way you operate. It's literally the way you are, f- your antenna and frequencies within your body are doing it. And there's so much out there when you can tap into so much. Mm-hmm. And we talk, Romy and I talk about this all the time. So is is the prepping of where you really need to live, which is how magical life becomes, you know. and And it's almost like you're... It's almost like you're coming and looking at it from a giraffe's point of view, you know, like you went through all this, but you're, you're up there. Not that you're higher. It's just a different vantage point because you've elevated a different viewpoint, viewpoint completely. So now the human stuff, you're like, OK, cool. But let me look at it over here. Right. Life doesn't stop because you're in a human form, but your spirit is taking over versus your bodily, your bo- body, right, or your bodily functions. So 
you look at the world from a different vantage point completely and see what it really was given, what a gift it is, and how magical everybody is and how much magical dust literally we're made of mm-hmm. and, and the, 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 the magic that you can create. And most people, when they tap into this, they really elevate higher in every aspect of their life. But we look at it as like, oh my God, they're so successful. No, they're in a different world. They just, success came because that's what facilitates this life because we are in a human body, right? But what they're doing is they're tapping into something so beautiful. So no more healing, it's creating. And that's next level, you know? Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Okay. So being that we spoke about different dimensions and stuff, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that are like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? There's, there's, (laughs) I mean, there's only one dimension. There's not. But um, can we talk a little bit about astral projection? Yeah, of course. It's fun. It's fun. It's wonderful. It's (laughs) It's going to be scary. Yeah, it could be very scary. Yes. Because... There's other entities out there that could come percent It's like Stranger Things. <laughs> yes, pretty much. I mean, you know, and you see a lot of, you know, movies portraying that. And really what it is is that, um, you, and, and it's the best way for the mind conceptualize this, it, you are an entity, a soul, an energy. It's a ball of energy that's within this body. And that energy is not confined to this body. Um a lot of people don't realize it when they are dreaming at night they are astral projecting and and some of their more dramatic you know um where you literally can feel your you know soul coming in and out this energy coming in and out but to better explain the whole dimensional thing is you you do tap into a lot of these things you tap into understanding what's coming you tap into some of the memories that you've had from you know, your soul traveling and, 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 you know, tapping into different lives, you know, how do you explain people remembering, you know, different lifetimes and how they died in Mm -hmm. a lifetime. And then you literally, you know, you know, I mean, there's, there's articles, numerous articles out there and, and, and things posted that people existed, like, and, you know, here's a child, 10 year old child remembering this, you know, 300 years ago. And And then they they have like a birthmark where they, where they got stabbed. Exactly. That's crazy. So it's just, all the knowledge is there. You are, this energy is what has all the answers for you. And, and so our bodies are going through this journey is not the soul and the energy, the energy already knows. And people think the other way around. So astral projecting is like your soul doing what it does, your energy doing what it does, which is tapping into the places, you know, and then, this also connects, and a lot of people are like, how does this connect when you're astral projecting? Well, there are galaxies out there. There's planets out there. There's that's connected by by the energy, not by space or time. Okay, and remember, at the end of the day, who created time? Who created space? No Everything space is perspective. Time. I mean, even now, like you know, I can look at the flowers that you have over there, right? When I come close to them, they're this big. When I'm away from them, they're this tiny. Who explains that spatial distance? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you explain that? Right now, those those perceptually, right? Mm-hmm. Those flowers are small. But if I get close to them, it's so this explains to you everything is perspective and it's based on the energy of what, you know, of your soul, of that energy. So astral projecting is literally when that energy leaves your body and wants to go back home, explore, see different things, understanding. And it feels, it's literally, it's like your energy leaving your body and tapping into all of these dimensional levels of what you need to learn from the past lives, where you need to tap into, what energies, galaxies, planets, everything is existing. Like, at the end of the day, why does it exist? Like, you know, if you don't believe in dimensions, like, 
why does it exist out there? Why are those planets out there? Because we are connected with them. We are connected with all that because energy cannot be created or destroyed. It's existing all the time. And that's what we're made of. But people want to identify so much more with the physicality versus that aspect of us. So astral projecting can be scary. If you want to do it, I would suggest just kind of have a little prayer to be connected, you know, with the realm of your body, with the grounding of who you are, and then allowing your soul to show you without fear. Most people do have fear, so they don't mm -hmm. allow it to I know it's happened to people during our sound healing sessions. Yes, 100%. And people, you know. And, I, and I'm amazed when it's like a first timer yes. and it happens. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. Like, keep coming back. Because if, if you get elevated like that on the, on first, the first time, time. <laughs> keep coming back. Would you say that when we do past life regression hypnosis, is that astral projecting or is that? Hypnosis is that different? So the hypnosis just allows the body to be at peace in order for the for for the mind not to restrict you from going. So then you start traveling. So right. Okay. So the soul wants to naturally do it. It's your you have the free will of not letting it or not. So hypnosis just puts you in a delta brain waves where the body is relaxed enough to allow you to do it because a lot of times the brain just wouldn't. It's it, it, it's it's um it's a council checks and balances between mind, body, and soul, okay? If it was up to the soul, she will always travel. But if you don't let your body allow you, you're not going to be able to do it. This is why we put people in hypnosis. But is it is it soul travel or is it relaxing the body so much that the soul remembers these past events? So it, it's both, okay? Mm -hmm. So sometimes people do hypnosis to go back into the areas of remembering or soul... So, I believe, I believe that the soul, and there's, there's research, so many on different levels. Um, I believe soul always remembers. It's you mm -hmm. allowing the body and the consciousness to do it. So, so the soul is always full of this information, but the soul not only does have information within it, the soul also can travel to these different dimensions. So if you're asking what's next for me, the soul is going to go and show you into that dimension that you are. If you're asking, I want to know what happened to me previously, then the soul is going to remember. So mm -hmm. there's different aspects of it. So, so I think cool. it's both. And it's so maybe cool. like a lesson that you need to work out in this lifetime that you've been every single lifetime, like you haven't learned the lesson. Definitely. So it comes up for you like, okay, so this is what I need to work on right? in order to move past this and for my soul to like... When I know, did a past her. life regression with you, mm -hmm. um, I traveled into a past life that showed me how it was a very silent life as a woman. Mm -hmm. And it, during that point of my life, it wasn't that long ago, I was also learning to open up my throat and speak up for myself and speak my truth. And look, hence this podcast came yeah, to fruition. <laughs> but um, I mean, I think if you want to try some astral projecting, definitely try Maya's <laughs> ceremonies and yeah. workshops. Both of our stuff. Uh, yeah, when, and when they're together, yeah. it's even more Oh, powerful. it's magic. Yeah, it's Both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We can't even chippering. talk. Yeah. yeah, we can't. Like we just started. Like it, it started at the retreat when we started playing yeah. samples together. together. Mm -hmm. We're just like, let's go, you know. Yeah. And it's just even us. Like we get healing from healing others of when course. we do it, and stuff just starts happening that, you know, birds are like literally like harmonizing with the bulls, and people think that it's music that we're and playing, it's and it's, it's the, the birds or like, you know, certain lights will come on. There'll be like a breeze. It's just magic. It's it's, it's pure magic. I love I love working oh, together. We did, I did too. It's very it's magical. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's not just us talking all this shit. It's like what not. people it's are real. telling us. Yes. Like people are like telling us after and we're like, it's and we're just laughing. It's something you have to experience. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's as a, a little treat. You deserve it. Yeah, it's, it's all, it really is. And mm-hmm. I think yeah, if you're looking for to start it or to elevate it to the next level, and again, I always tell people it's um, it's it's really up to you um, and what level you're at. So if you're so gun ho about doing something you might not be ready for it, right? So, like, try to do all the work that you need to do. And if you need help, Romy and I are here, right, to guide you to this. Because sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, I want to tap into that. And there's so much more resolution for you to go through in order for you to understand why you astral projected there or Mm -hmm. why you went into your past life, okay? And so a lot of people, sometimes, like, I always tell them, like, what good is it for you to see, for example, in your case, that you weren't really, you know, in the simple life if you didn't start kind of understanding right. what you needed to work on with you and, you know, yeah, like I as don't far think as, I could have you'll be like, okay, myself. cool, I was in the peasant and I didn't really see Yeah, it. like, okay, it, cool, woo-hoo. you couldn't make that connection unless yeah. you've done all the work that you mm-hmm. did. And that's what you needed to find out in order to give you, like, reassurance, like, okay, this in this lifetime, like, okay, that's the message. Yeah, There's so many things. So, like, kind of to, to solidify of the soul... So your body needs to relax. That's why we put it in hypnosis. Once you do this more often, you don't need that because your body, you kind of become familiar with wanting to do it. So like I astral project all the time at night like just because that's what I do, right? And some people do it. Peace out. Peace. I just <laughs> literally, I'm like, okay. And so what happens is that then you realize how much more layers there are that your soul can travel into. Like you can literally go and visit people in your astral body and heal them and love them and talk to them, which is what I've been doing with actually my husband. Like... Every night I'm on there, you know, in the middle of the hospital and I'm like talking to him and we're talking, soul and soul is talking. And I know a lot of people that haven't done this work will be like, okay, you're psychotic, but you know, it, it, you can. So, so that soul can travel and it can tap into so many different dimensionalities of, and you know, so not only just experiencing, remembering, but it can travel into different lands. I've been to like different planets that I know because of, you know, psychology, like, you cannot make up anything in your mind, scientifically speaking, if you have not observed it, mm-hmm. period. Your mind is a computer. So when you see something that you've never, and sometimes it's subconscious, you, and, you, and I'm very careful with distinguishing it because sometimes it's just a, you know, a glance of something that I saw on TV and I didn't even pay attention to it and it got implemented. Even that, your, your mind will recall, your subconscious will recall. But some of these projections they felt so real like transported into different things that you've never even you're like like wow like this is different so because there's different places there's different planets there's different dimensions there's galaxies there's so much so much and when you go into this world you got to make sure you did the work so you're grounded in who you are because it can be very overwhelming too so you know like you're like oh my god you know this world is so vast and so like big and, and there's so much you can do with it so I, I would say just do the work really see what it is hire a coach my god like Romy's amazing you know like everybody like me whoever and let him guide you through it for somebody that's been through it because it's important to be guided through the right steps so you can be efficient with what you're doing versus just out there you know and it helps you understand everything too it helps you process it more it's a different word. Like, this is such a, like, we're a speck, tiny, eeny, weeny, weeny, nothing. Bee, we're nothing. nothing. Like, like nothing. in a, like a beach that's the biggest beach you can ever think of, like, you're the tiny grain in it. Like, we're, this is where we are. As far as how vast and, and you know, this world is and dimensions and the everything. Universe, the, the everything. universe. Nothing. Like, if you look at Earth and then you look at all the other, like, 
planets. And yeah, even, sure, a lot and of us have seen that video. Zoom at, uh, zoom zoom out, zoom out, zoom out. Yeah, it's this yeah. is exactly what it is. So this once you tap into these levels, um, and there's so many more high. I mean, I've been privy to saw it, and I saw it. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm low. <laughs> like literally, like <laughs> like oh, there's a lot to go. Okay, so kind of to answer your question back, you go back into now going through these levels of understanding, which um, it requires body changing, DNA changing, um, you know, just different levels of stuff. And then you kind of see how how far you go in your lifetime, you know, mm-hmm. and what you achieve. But it's, it is vast. So it's, exciting. I mean, and then again, whoever doesn't believe in the dimensions, I pose a question to you, which is, okay, we're a spinning ball in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> surrounded by other spinning balls, and we're held by a core of magna. Explain that. Like... <laughs> Okay, like, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, so who's holding the universe? So what's, you know, like... Why aren't we falling off? Why aren't we falling <laughs> off? Like, we're, we're in a spinning ball. Like, how magical is that? Like, so, I mean, there's so much more to the world, you know? Um, it's funny to mention this. Um, I was just watching with my daughter, Leila, Doctor Strange, last night, and we were talking about this, you know, with my 12-year-old. Um, you know, when the Ancient One uh, separates his body from... Uh, his actual body with his astral body mm-hmm. and he's like what is that and it's and that's what i feel like there's so much more obviously it's hollywood right but like that's the concept is there there's so much more to you so much more to the world dr so strange's more. goals i yeah. want to get to that Dr. Strange's <laughs> goals man i mean opening you can you can even um you i've actually manipulated time mm-hmm. i've been late a couple times um and um i i invoked the circular time which is not linear like we think about it it's called circular time where you can actually go to and i call them i joke around my family like i went to a time warp and literally i would like leave a place and i'm like this is there's no physical way that i can get there it it takes 30 minutes right and i'm like 15 minutes you know into it and like or like you know i only have 15 minutes to get there and it's just the weirdest thing. You go into this time warp and you like get there and you don't know how. You're just what? doing it. Yes. Can you do a workshop for that? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that I'm need to learn how to time warp <laughs> to get to places on In time. Miami? For okay. Because sure. you know how I am about being on time. There's there's a very few people that are very close to me that I would love for them to get these teachings. Okay. <laughs> uh, staff meeting. <laughs> Got it. I would uh, 100%. It's called uh, invoking circular time. Um, and one of the things about it is that you cannot look at the time anymore. Um, you have to just envision it by being there and you literally get, and I've done it. I've done it physically. You know what? I think I might, yeah, I'm this is how you. I'm always early. <laughs> if you envision, this is, you just, you, I don't check when I feel like I'm going to be late. I don't look at the time and I'm just like, look, I'm, I just gonna, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm getting there. It's, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. You're going to this, you can bend time and people don't realize that you can bend a bunch of different things. It's, it's, it's marvelous, you know, and it's just, you have to envision and visualize and that's how magical we are. And when we start, the problem is that a lot of people are not ready to hear that, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, religions exist, hence, you know, like, yeah, they and need I get some it. Everybody's type of structure, right. To do it. Yeah. So and that's okay. If it resonates <laughs> and, and that's okay if it resonates yeah. for them because mm-hmm. this, this is too much. But like, what do you mean? I have to bend time. Like, what do you mean time doesn't exist? Like it's scary, but you have to, obviously we're talking different levels of understanding and mm-hmm. healing. Um, and I, myself, um, I think a lot of people do need that structure, which is fine. 
Um, but I also want to tell them that this, you know, it's possible. It's possible, and that that you can have a beautiful relationship with the divine and the creator and God or whatever you you know, without necessarily um, putting some of the restrictions of the of the religion. But whatever helps you get to that point, I, it's wonderful, you know. But there's so much more out there. So much more out there. Literally, I mean, literally. Hmm. It's I mean, it's very interesting. Look at the miracle of my husband. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been told four times to plan a funeral for him. Um, I've been told scientifically proven. Can all you around just the talk world. a little bit for the people that don't know, like what's okay. been going on with Lou? Right. So um, just to back it up, um, my husband and I got very sick with COVID um, July of last year. It's funny. On twenty two, it was July twenty second, and here we are today. Um, and um, got very, very ill. I went to the hospital first. I came out. Um, I was able to recover. It was it was death, literally. I mean, what we experienced was just out of this world. Um, but my husband couldn't. He got admitted, and he just started getting worse. And um, he couldn't breathe. He lost weight. He just, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't survive. So they had to intubate him. Um, and he was intubated. You know, after a month or so of being in a hospital, he was intubated for three months, paralyzed, and... Um, and sedated um and of course during that time you know the maximum amount of intubation that they allow you is you know a couple of weeks because after that all the other stuff starts shutting down because body's not moving things are you know organs will be shutting so sure enough that kind of started happening a little bit with kidneys and a bunch of stuff um but um here we are um eight months into it um my husband's lungs are literally uh the doctors refer to as quote swiss cheese end quote Meaning that um, it's literally like he has just holes. And imagine, you know, what the lungs are. They're, are, they're air. They're very yeah. light. Uh, life force. The life force. It's mm-hmm. very thin, um, branch-like, mm-hmm. a very feathery, in, inflatable balloon. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so once those things are damaged, science proves that th- those do not regenerate. Once you don't have the lungs and, of course, you don't have air, all the other organs shut down. Um, and so, and it was a lot of praying. It was a lot of visioning. It was a lot of healing for him. It was a lot of envisioning this stuff. And, um, here he is. I mean, today he's from going like dying, right. To like, he's on oxygen, he's off the vent and he is, um, very, the minimum amount of oxygen. Um, and nobody explained to me, nobody still to this day can explain to me how this man with such damaged lungs is even here. Tell you how. Breathing. <laughs> he got a lot of witches in his Little corner, witches too. witches in the corner. Us praying, doing yes, the visualization. Praying, doing rituals, yes. doing everything for him. So, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I've had so much support from everybody. Thank you, guys. The prayers and all that. And just this incredible visualization of, and we're mm-hmm. capable of that. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting here with you, a witness of this. And he will, when he comes out, he will tell you, you know, um, it's 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 a miracle, but it's not because this exists. This type of healing exists. This type of energy, this type of force, life force exists out there, and it's magical. You can't literally repair anything because we are so we're so advanced. And what we don't did the doctor say about you? Like, oh, I don't know what your wife is doing. I, I you'll you'll maybe have a little one of the t- one of the days in the podcast to talk to him. But he tells me all the time. He's like, doctors come in and be like, this is because of your wife. I don't know. She, you know, she was. Question you, man. Because of your wife, you're here. Let me tell you something. You did a lot of advocating for him too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was it was 
you know, fighting the protocols and things like that and, like, all of the things that are so linear. Um, and I believe that helped a lot, physically speaking, uh, linearly. But it's um, also this, you know, witchy work, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and this beautiful healing work and visions and prayers and, and you just, you know. Manifestations, manifestations and, like, visualization and, like, seeing him. Uh, the retreat, seeing him right? at my retreat. Yeah. Like, that's how I see him. I need you building my fire, Louis. Exactly. I need you cooking for me. I exactly. need you to make me midnight meatloaf. Exactly. Okay? <laughs> that's what he would do for us. Yeah, um, in, at midnight, vision. he's like, I'm just this one being a baby. <laughs> Honey, I'm hungry. I want. <laughs> he makes a whole ass meatloaf at midnight. I'm like, midnight meatloaf. This yeah, is what like we're it. calling it. You know, oh, the best. Did. Like, he was the communal husband. The communal husband. And he him. does everything. I know. I and can't wait to eat Oreos with him again. <laughs> hundred percent hundred percent so i mean it, this is it this is real life like mm-hmm. it is here we're capable we just need to tap into it and of course i played a lot of healing music mm-hmm. sound you know healing it's all of these frequencies everything that the ancient people have used we are capable there's so much more to life so if you're not a believer man i mean how much proof do you need you know that there's different more than that you know here Joe Dispenza talks about this though, and he's he's a doctor. Mm-hmm. Doctor does how he healed himself. Yes. Yeah, he's a very scientific guy. So that's hard to listen. If to you're him. more, yeah, I know, but if you're more into the science mm-hmm. of it, that's a great route to take. I know that he changed a lot of perceptions because he did like a silent retreat, and he actually channeled Kundalini energy, and he he was trying to stop the convulsions, and he couldn't. And actually, a bunch of people got upset and left the retreat because it was a silent retreat and he's like making all this noise and convulsing but he actually helped a lot of people see that different side of things now like oh if he's the science guy mm-hmm. and he's vouching for this kundalini energy it must be something more you it's know awesome. so yeah. it opened up a lot of people yeah, to that he's he's really done some great work and and making people realize that there is a little bit more and it does go together with the science 100 percent, because science this is science it's mm-hmm. just we haven't you it's know? like untapped science. This mm-hmm. is untapped science. This is this is the energy magic. is energy. Energy is science. Like everything is energy. Our thoughts are energy. The things we say are energy. The way that I put my energy into this piece of paper that I'm putting my intentions on and you know burning it into the fire. Like 100%. all of that is energy. Energy 100%. is science. Every everything. Energy is everything. Everything is that. And think about it. I mean, like, how many times have you made yourself upset to nausea, like, or to your body hurting? Mm-hmm. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Okay? Just because of your thoughts, because of the energy you've implanted into whatever it's happening to you and you're physiologically feeling that. I mean, all of us are connected. And there's so much more if we just tap into it and allow it and surrender. It's just it's 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 a beautiful life you will see, you know? Really, truly. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Some good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Me too. Uh, we can stay talking here forever. Forever, sure. Um, so Maya, why don't you tell our listeners like where they can find you? What do you have coming up? Awesome. Yay. Yes, awesome. So definitely um, social media, Maya's Healing Space. Woohoo, you finally got it back. Got my account back. Again, inconvenience, but I'm like, mm-hmm. Less I'm going to get that back. Really Less quick, though, because I feel like I had people messaging me like, is this legit? Is this real? Like, yeah. it doesn't look like stuff that she's posting. Right. So Maya got hacked by one of these Bitcoin scammers. Mm-hmm. And people were really falling for it. I think some people actually, because of your page, yes. sent this person $3,000. And then people and then people are like, but how is it not real if you have this person on video? So I just want to talk about that a little bit so people are sure. aware of mm-hmm. what's happening so they don't get 
you know, caught in a situation where they're losing money to a scam. Of course. So these Bitcoin um, sc- scammers like infiltrate your your Instagram and then they start posting as you. Right. And what happens is that somebody falls for it. They send money through Cash App, mm-hmm. right? So they'll send someone $3,000 um, $3, and then they ask the person to do a video about how legit it is. Right. So the person is actually on video saying this is legit. I got the money, whatever. And once they have you, it's one thing if you're just typing. But if they have you on video, like saying how legit this is, it's easier for other people to fall for it, which is what I've seen happen. Right. Right. So what they do is that they do like a reverse, right? A reverse transaction. Correct. Once they send and then the they money. Stole, 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 steal your money after you get the money in. That, that, that's so how they once do they it. have the video, uh-huh. they reverse the transaction and they get that money back. And then they're able to scam more people Correct. out of money. They actually even, what I've learned is that they actually even tap into their bank accounts and steal more money. So they, the people actually do get whatever they, he's been promised, a 20 grand or whatever. So they were like, oh my God, this works. And then what happens is that they, they literally open the Pandora box to the hacker to steal more money and to infiltrate into your levels of banking and so on and so forth. Like identity to steal theft more. and all of like, that. I mean, mm-hmm. they are doing identity theft by pretending to be you. already to be somebody, right? Wow, to be that's me. Terrible. So, um, so yes, I mean, although I thought about it, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I would never post that stuff, but I feel like I'm, I guess, honored that people would just trust me that there's something <laughs> that what I would do because that's great, like obviously, but again, please be careful with anything that you feel mm-hmm. weird. Follow, follow your intuition. intuition. <laughs> Discernment. That's Always. a big one, too. Yeah. Follow your intuition because it feels off. It is off, period. Yeah. Don't over, no, analyze it, it, you know? Sus. Like, no, we're not doing this. So I just wanted to throw that in there because up, yeah. up until you got your account back, mm-hmm. they people were messaging me knowing I'm your best friend. Like, right. is this is my this legit? Yeah, I'm like, no. no, absolutely not. Right. And um, yeah, people don't know who they mess with when they mess with us. Exactly. <laughs> they I don't know. They don't for, know. I'm like, no, we're, we're going to resolve this. And a lot of people have come to me and be like, I haven't been able to get my account. So I helped them out, you know. Do yourself a favor and yeah. stay in your lane. Stay in don't, your lane. Exactly. Don't mess with us. Yeah. We just, we just want love and, you know, and happiness. Love and light, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's Maya's. Not, not it's not, not all of it. Like, that's, no. that's where Maya and I, like, she's the yin, I'm the yang to all of this because, you know, I'm she bunnies. wants to hug everyone and I'm like, You no. can't trust everyone. <laughs> don't trust everyone. I think evil it's so there. beautiful, like, such a good balance. But yes, um, so it's Maya Healing Space. Instagram, Facebook, you can also go to my website, uh, mayashealingspace.com. Uh, there's a lot of stuff coming up. March is coming up uh, as far as there's going to be going to do some uh, sound healing. There's going to be some inner travel. There's going to be some full moons. Uh, we also have a beautiful event at Omen Vine. I know we have our first local one-day retreat. Yes. You know, Maya and I do the mountain retreats together in North Carolina and there's people that just can't make it out there right. and for right. years they've been asking like do you do anything closer do anything closer so Maya and I felt like it was the time that maybe we just do this Absolutely. and we do a one day retreat so we are doing our first one day retreat where we do a lot of the things that we do in the mountains mm-hmm. just in a couple hours Right. on the 27th of March mm-hmm. so it's a one day it includes a meal and we're going to be doing a lot of work so prepare for that That's if great. you're planning to go yeah, we have this also um, business networking thing that we're doing it on March seventh and at home. Um, if you like, you know, if you want to kind of increase the revenue in the business and you can really understand kind of how the the whole 
networking thing and how to really increase your sales and stuff like that it's a good event it's a free event mm-hmm. um, it's great to meet other people other people in this area as well so it's really good to connect with us so that's really cool I, um, I always think like you're only one person away you never know like you're one person away from a completely different life like 100%. you never know who you could meet mm-hmm. and for example like I go to UFC and take a, a yoga class and look where Ashley and I are I went to my friend's birthday party and met that's you and met. look where we are yeah you, you know never it. know who you could meet that will completely change your I agree so you know what, be out there and, you know, search more, ask more, you know, look for more and see what, what universe brings you because it wants to help you. Everything's here for you. Everything's Literally. here to help you. Everything is here to help you. Mm-hmm. You just have to open that, you know, vision, if you will, open your heart to it. So, yes, um, come to some of the events if it's your first time or just you want to. Um, have a session to figure it out or come to you know like we're yeah, here Maya and we're I here. do a new moon ceremony together every single month at Omen Vine so if you want to you know enjoy us together that's yes. you know we're going to have some coming stuff coming up in April a lot of stuff full coming. moon and stuff like that together the retreat um, we do a lot of stuff together so definitely um, come join us and, and you know just give yourself a chance right and no matter where you at when your healing process you're starting out when you want to get elevated to that next next level we're, we're here we got you we've been mm-hmm. through it you know so you're gonna receive whatever it is that you need at the moment that you at need the it. moment mm-hmm. you have to feel ready 100 percent, 100 percent. so yeah absolutely come check us out mm-hmm. <laughs> amazing thank you so much maya you're welcome thank I you for having me of course i appreciate you coming and you know letting people know a little bit more about your different side and guys get her book it's so amazing like i hate reading on screen right i hate kindle it's just i love books i love how books smell i love uh-huh. the feel of the book i like to turn the pages but when maya first released her book it was just like digital digital yeah. and i'm like i, I got to, I do, this. to do this <laughs> maybe if i use the highlight feature it makes it more interesting i don't know <laughs> And I did, and I read it, and I got through it, and it was an amazing story. And it's just like, yeah, like this is my best friend, and and these are things that I know. But reading it from that perspective, it was still very impactful and very emotional and very, like, wow. It's and and just to see how you could literally transform your life based on regardless of what you've been through and do some amazing things because you could have easily fallen into that victim, like traumatized um, or victim. Right. Okay. So, thanks again. I appreciate. It. No, thank you so much. If you can buy the book, that's great. There's some. There's a you know a, a physical copy as well now <laughs> available. <laughs> um, if you like that, um, yeah, my pleasure. I, I and I'm just humbly, very happy and humbled and honored, you know, to be able to share this and have the opportunity to do it. So I'm thanking everybody around me for giving me the opportunity. Really, honestly, so very very humble. So thank you. Welcome all guys. Until next time, remember it's not all love and light. One more thing, if you are enjoying our episodes, share them. Leave us a review. They really help us out. And we're looking to grow and continue to have amazing guests on here. Have a good one. Bye everyone. Bye.